The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Hello and welcome. This is The Wind Was a Beginning, a podcast where three nerdy friends talk about Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. This is season one, episode three, I Believe in Nard. I'm Michelle. I'm Steven. And I'm Justin. Stick around with us as we discuss chapters five through eight of The Eye of the World. Hey guys. Hey! What's up, Justin? Oh man, Michelle, doing fine. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm oh, doing, doing well, good. man. I'm, I'm excited to speak. I'm excited to hear. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm, I've been I've been looking forward to this all week, our getting together and talking about these chapters. I have, hope you guys are too. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, we need to talk, talk about and keep on reading this book. <laughs> absolutely. And I, and I just love having people to talk to the about the books with. <laughs> Yeah, the crazy so. thing is, is since we started this, I am so much more excited about reading. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed these stories. They've always been great, but I'm even more excited about reading them now than I ever have been. So uh, I'm looking forward to what's in the future. Anyway, tonight we are discussing chapters five through eight of The Eye of the World. So if you're reading along with us, listening along, I would encourage you, if you have not read those chapters yet, Go ahead and hit the pause button, and we will be right here when you get back. There's only one more sleep till Beltine, but a trollic attack at the farm and an injury to his father ensures it won't be the festival that Rand was expecting. Plans are thrown even more out of order when Rand finds out that the village was attacked as well, and sadly, Tam is beyond the wisdom's healing ability. But all hope is not lost thanks to an Aes Sedai and her warder in the village. But his encounter with Moraine Sedai ends with news Rand did not expect. He and his two closest friends must get out of the two rivers. Stephen, what are we talking about in these chapters? Oh, so very much. Uh, there is, this is where things really uh, begin to kick off and kind of kick into high gear. Um, yeah, you had, know, you not going to lie, I actually, I literally gasped. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I kind of gasped when it, when it changed. It, it's like uh, he kind of threw us off a cliff. Yeah, you know, I kind of I felt that too, because, you know, the first four chapters are, you know, really just kind of introducing us to some of these characters, kind of introducing us to the world. And then here we just kind of get... Uh, thrown into the blender and all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. And, um, you know, it just, by the time we get to the end of this, Rand's world is completely thrown upside down. We didn't even like, it's like he sat us down. We had the fire going, some stews cooking up, got the kettle going, ready to have some tea, sit back. And then, and then, uh, his dad pulls out a, a sword and we're just, <laughs> and, and then we, we hit a point that we can't even turn around from anymore. So that uh, kudos, kudos to Robert Jordan for that, because he got me. Absolutely. 
so let me ask this. Uh, so looking at these chapters, we talked about a little bit in the first four. It's kind of building. So we're getting to meet these people. Um, what do y'all think about this area, these two rivers? Like what kind of people are these? What what kind of community is this uh, that's about to be upended? It's such a simple, like calm community. Everyone knows each other. It's kind of like one big family. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that place that, you know, that mysterious place that your grandparents used to live where, you know, nobody ever locks their doors. Yes. And, you know, there's this it's this quiet little community where, you know, in some cases you have multiple generations living under one roof. It's just very, very tight knit. And, you know, I wouldn't Traditional, mind living in a place I, like say. that. No, I was, I was just <laughs> as I was saying oh man, you know what, this, I was actually lying in my bed with the heater going, like space heater going, I was nice and cozy as I was reading that chapter, and, I, and as I was thinking, man, this would be, this would not be so bad, boom, Trollocs, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, you, like, <laughs> it seems like the perfect, the perfect little place and time, you know, everything is going to be great, you got the festival to look forward to, and then boom, uh, you know, everything just hits the fan. It, it's kind of weird, though, because I was thinking to myself, oh, we're kind of picking up pace because his dad had pulled out a sword. And I was like, oh, OK, now now we're, we're picking up the pace here. And then before I could even acknowledge the fact and really let it sink into my soul, like, hey, he has a sword. We're going to find out a little bit more. Boom. <laughs> the door literally got knocked down. I was like, yeah. what? what is this? Because yeah. it was so, just two seconds. So for me, um, in my mind, uh the best parallel for me and i know that the setting is not completely right but it just this sticks out to me the two rivers to me is like mayberry yeah from the andy griffith show it it is that town that little quintessential town and uh this scene go going into with the farm and with the sword being pulled out kind of just makes me think of if you've ever watched the andy griffith show Anytime Andy actually has to put on his gun, you know something is about to, to pop off and things are going to get... And to me, uh, Tam here is like the Andy Griffith of the Two Rivers, in my uh, opinion. I don't think anything like, like this ever happened in Mayberry, though. No. And, and, and it's so funny. Him locking the door was, like, shocking enough. <laughs> like, like Rand, and that tells you a lot like Randall was really shaken up about the fact that he locked the door um so it's never really happened like that man you know what I I now understand why you know we had the prologue not not the uh Don uh not Dragon Mount but you know the Ravens prologue and in the first four chapters it really does help you build like a relationship with these characters um because my heart was pounding I was actually really distraught um <laughs> after after um because I, I did I man it was so weird the fact that let's talk about Tam I mean we have to talk about Tam right now um like who is he like who is Tam really oh maybe maybe we should maybe we should come back to that since we kind of already hinted at it why don't we talk about the Trollocs yeah exactly that so when the banging on the door happened I was like, no, this can't be some kind of creature. Like that's like, this is too quick. This is, this is too fast. They just, they came so quickly, didn't they? So violently. And there was so many of them. And I was so terrified too. I thought, I I really thought Tam was gone. Like when, when they burst through the door. Yeah. um, This is terrifying. 
this is that moment that really, to me, solidifies that there are going to be more horror elements in these oh, books. Yeah. Because it's not like a fantastical creature. It It is a, like, raging beast man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's some uh, kind of hybrid or something. It's yeah. so weird. And then he said, I think he said some of them had boots and some of them had hooves. Yep. So a part of me feels like uh, were they morphed into that that uh, I feel like products are created. Um, that's how it felt like to me. But uh, that was it's just weird that we were just talking about these stories and and they were solidifying like these are just stories. These aren't real. And then, boom, Trollocs just pop up out of nowhere. Um, but I was excited about it, though. Like I said, I wanted more horror. So I guess he. He just kind of slapped me in the face with it. So <laughs> I just have to I just have to accept it right now. Jordan likes to uh supplant your expectations. So he'll set a scene, you think one thing's gonna happen, and he likes to switch it around on you. Um so these trollics show up, they start attacking. Um just the sheer scope of this, like these are are creatures that up until a few minutes ago lived in the stories yeah. for well, these up people. In, up until the moment they burst through the door, they were just a story to Rand. Yeah. And even after that, a little later when he's on the road, he has to remind himself that there aren't stories, that they right. are real, even though right. he just saw them. Because uh, it's such a, you know, a, it's like a the boogeyman come to life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's That's a good way to put it. It's the yeah. boogeyman. It's like something you imagine. I really um, did. Like, I, like Bloody Mary. You're over I, here talk, talking yeah. about Bloody Mary and she came to your door. I did like that moment in the woods when Rand starts wondering about all these stories that he had heard of. What it was the green man or an ogier giant or yeah. a, a black veiled ailman. You know, all of a sudden he's like, you know, maybe these things could be real, too. But as far as he knows, they're, they're still, you yeah. know, shadows or stories. But. Yeah. Or Every- Rand. Reality is not reality and, and fantasy is not fantasy. Everything everything uh, got all kinds of messed up. Everything, yeah. down, down to his origin. Yeah, <laughs> Rand has been knocked down the looking glass. Not fallen down, he got knocked down. I was I excited, think, though. I think I he so shattered excited. the looking glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, they tap danced on it. It's it's yeah. gone. Yeah. Oh, man. So- I was so excited, though. The, oh, I was like, wow! I actually, like, I kind of shouted when I when uh Tam was doing his little feverish rambling and I knew it when he started doing his little feverish rambling I'm like he's gonna start saying some secrets let's get to it um and wow that made so many things make sense the fact that I mean yeah I mean that's his son but that's not his his actual like blood son you know what I mean or is it all a fever dream no that's not a fever dream the truth came out the the truth came out there (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, oh, man. I mean, so I was, um, no, go on, Justin. I, you know, it seems like, you know, Tam is hiding quite a few things. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that, uh, he's been through a lot. He's had one heck of a history. Um, and that's where when he was telling that story, you know, back in Ravens, I'm like, I feel like he experienced some of this. And now I'm realizing he really, he really experienced something. This was like a last battle. Like, when was the last time they'd been at war? Yeah. Um, by, by, by the way, am, am I the only one that when I read Tam's name, I feel like it should be short for something else? 
You know, like like I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, you know Tamothy or or Tamuel. So uh, this is like this is like my <laughs> my Skyrim my Skyrim dork coming out. But I was thinking about Tamriel. Like that's Tamriel. all I ever think about <laughs> Tamriel. Like I really, I, I until you said that I hadn't realized I I always consider his full name Tamriel. I don't know wow. why it's just weird. Not, it just, this is not Skyrim. <laughs> it feels like it should be short for something, but I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. So. You know what this taught me though this this series of just unfortunate events um it kind of taught I have a newfound respect for like the wisdom and I don't, it's just you know what I mean like I felt it, everyone kind of grew up it's it, I view her differently now the way she was so sure of herself and just going through and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here but I I it just crossed my mind as you were talking about Tam's name I thought about names and <laughs> her uh, name popped up the name uh right the nave nynaeve 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 uh she popped up into my mind and i was thinking like wow she just she's so grown up now like she she actually her her title is is more than just a title she actually has a huge responsibility and Uh man to apply for a job and then finding out you actually have to work it's like a nightmare um so i can i feel her on that yeah well let me ask y'all um kind of looping back around to the Trollocs um, before we get any further. uh, What do you think about Narg and the little conversation that's had between him and Rand? I'm so disappointed. Uh, You know, I I was wanting to believe him for a second. Me too. I put my sword down. Yeah. I put it, I laid it, I laid it on the ground. I actually wanted to hear him, hear him out. So that means I almost died. Like if I was in this, if I was Rand, there wouldn't be a story anymore. I would have just been dead. I actually put it down. So, I thought he had so much more to say. I thought he was, was like, because he said Narg's smart, you know, Narg stayed back. I don't think he was lying though when he said the um Midral, Mydral. The Mydral. I don't think he was lying when he said the Mydral's looking for Rand though. I don't think. I don't think he was telling any lies. Um, he didn't tell him, hey, put your sword down. I'm not going to attack you either. So I, I guess he wasn't lying about anything technically. But uh, I was disappointed in him. <laughs> like, we're well, supposed to be friends here. Maybe share this too. So you would have trusted the hulking beast creature whose who's, uh, brothers and just tried to slaughter his entire home and I, family. He asked her repeatedly. He, did, he said it more than once. <laughs> he said put the sword down i was yeah. like okay okay i'll give you a chance <laughs> well, and that's well, why we would be dead oh yeah oh yeah you guys you would be, be like dead. michelle I would stop <laughs> yeah you guys would be like michelle I, stop don't I, put it I down meant, <laughs> I, I meant michelle and myself we would be oh dead. yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh. yeah no, I, Steven, you would be dead by connection though because we'd have the sword or justin would be holding the sword because we don't do weapons <laughs> And if y'all get, decided to start talking to the Trolloc, I'd be like, peace out. <laughs> no, you're not going anywhere. Not going, we're all going to die together, uh, for nope. sure. Nope. <laughs> and, and and they, uh, I couldn't remember, do they move quickly or are they just kind of like, um, I couldn't remember their speed yes, of the Trollocs. So they move they, quickly, don't they? They are, are quick. They are beast-like. So think of like the speed of like a wolf or a bear. Yeah. Uh, so fast reflexes stronger than normal people uh brutal uh just absolute monsters they they kill for the fun of it um 
So doesn't this tell you a lot about Tam though? Like clearly he has some skill. I was expecting him to never come out of that house. And he just he I mean, I understand he's wounded now, but he really like he, he really did his thing. And let's let's talk about that for a second. So he's wounded, yeah. but he didn't he, he didn't take a uh, stab to the stomach no. or lose an arm. He got nicked. Yeah. So oh, let's oh. think about like the scope of that. He took down so many of these guys with All of barely them. a scratch. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and that's why, uh, like here, I wrote a note to myself. It's in all caps. Who is Tam really? <laughs> that's <laughs> well, it. Well, you know, like, you who know, are Rand, you? <laughs> ta- talking about Tam's injury, Rand even, you know, kind of reminisces on the fact that. He had seen Tam in the course of doing work on the farm take an even worse injury than that. And what did he do? He stopped for a minute, bandages up, and does what? Goes right back to work. Oh, what a dad. And, <laughs> and now he takes this, I mean, what basically is is hardly anything more than a scratch. And, you know, he's seemingly at the point of death. And that yeah. really confused me initially, too, because uh, I, I had to reread it just to make sure, confirm, like, this is barely a scratch. Um, and that told me, like, maybe it's a mythological kind of sword or uh, whatever they're using. So, uh, but, man. So the what's happening here with the sword, um, and it, it gets explained a little bit more in detail later on. But basically, think about it this way. So... The Dark One reached out and tainted Sidene. Remember mm-hmm. that the male half of the power? Yep. So basically, the Dark One's taint is a corrupting force. Um, and occasionally what will happen is while in uh, Thakandar, where the blades are forged and the weapons are made, yeah. occasionally that taint will seep into the metal as it's being crafted. And so it's not that every single Trolloc weapon is like that, but some of them will be, and they carry that taint with them. And so anyone nicked with it, it's basically like poison, poison. for lack yeah. of a better word. Um, but it's kind of a random effect. It's not something that's necessarily intentional. It just happens. Um, so, And do you think uh, Nynaeve, uh, do you think she knows about the, the taint like does she know about his wound like do you, uh, I, I think she knows that this is something that's kind of magical i think she probably looked at him and saw how he was with it, the fever and everything like that and knew that it was beyond her ability i don't think she necessarily knew like i doubt she had any idea of oh these were trollic weapons they have their please poisoned yeah you know i think she just looked at him being a healer and knowing symptoms and ailments like she does and seeing you know how his breathing was and everything like that i think she was just able to judge what what was capable in her hands and what wasn't and he was beyond that is uh, so unfortunate yeah um and and when i saw her hands were clean i didn't even stop to think like yeah she's a healer you know they're medics they they washed her hands it seemed so two things about that it seemed uh, apparently I guess no one has clean hands because Rand was really startled about every like <laughs> Egwene and uh, Nynaeve's clean hands. Yeah. So, okay, so that's number one. Um, but number two, I thought that that meant that she had some kind of magical power for healing. Um, so I was also disappointed about that. I guess it just meant that she washed her hands. So <laughs> that was a little bit, it was just basic hygiene. So that was a little bit of a letdown. 
but that does bring up um, so an interesting thing just because a lot of times people will try and say that the wheel of time is just like all other it's like medieval fantasy and this yet again is one of those things that throws uh, a wrench in that plan this is not that kind of a setting uh, it is a more enlightened setting probably closer to like the renaissance because in our real world people didn't doctors didn't start washing their hands till the 1870s at the pretty recently and that was still a new concept back then yeah and so this is something that they know to do that you know people back in you know merry old england in the middle ages sure as heck didn't so it's just another one of those little things that shows that this isn't uh that setting this is something more modern in a way there are pieces of things from the past that have held on so leading back into one more topic real quick about the trollocs before we move on to maybe getting a little deeper into tam but uh narg name drops the merge roll mm-hmm. um yes. what was y'all's reaction to hearing about that and what and Rand's reaction to it i mean he sounded terrified um I, I was kind of terrified myself, but it didn't really hit until he started walking on the road. And when that dark rider was on the road, I was like, is that the merge role? You know, that was, that was, that was the thought that kind of crossed my mind. Um, but what it, it, it was kind of terrifying. And all I could think was Rand, stop talking. We have to go. <laughs> and, but I also thought like, man, man, this is all useless. Like uh, there's no way you're going to be able to outrun a merge role. It just, it, I don't know, because just based off Rand's reaction to him saying that, um, it made me think that everything was hopeless. Yeah. So um, what do y'all think about the merge roll, given what Lan uh, will say about it later on and the reaction that uh, Moraine and Land have to these trolls showing up and to there being a merge roll and all of this? Is he kind of like the leader of an army? It's like he's the leader of the army of Trollocs, basically. So uh, we get a reference made here to the fact that there are several bands of Trollocs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So basically, and I'll have, I apologize, I don't have the exact number with me at this moment. I think but, it was like uh, nine or uh, something or seven. Oh, you mean the exact number of, of okay. Yeah. Talking, How many is in a band? Um, oh. But so think of it as like a, a grouping, like a squadron. Uh, and so a specific amount of Trollocs would be under the direct command of this uh, merge roll. And there's probably several merge rolls then, right? Merge rolls? Uh, possibly. Um, it's not it seems like... like it's like there's one. It, I, yeah, I guess I was thinking about the army reference when they were taking the, um, I forgot what it's called. It's not like a badge or something when they were taking it off the Trollocs it kind of reminded me of some kind of like army or something like there were, you know what I mean? Like um, it seemed like there were, like you said that there were different bands and I, I figured, I guess, do they each have different leaders or what? Um, like it's a squadron or something. Um, so that's what I was trying to wrap my hand around what exactly our merge all is. Yeah. After talking with Moraine though, that did my whole perceptive uh, perspective about everything did kind of morph. Yeah. I believe it was mentioned. I can't remember if it was Lana Moraine that, mentioned it that 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 number of bands working together was you know unusual it it was very unusual it was definitely worth taking note of not only that but also uh trollocs apparently being so far south and no news from anywhere between 
the North and the two rivers coming to yeah. anybody. It just, it's almost like they just suddenly appeared out of nowhere. I mean, that's how it was for us. Yeah, um, it really, really was, did, wasn't it? It really did just disappear out of nowhere. I was so scared though, when he went into the town, because as he was going in that direction, I was like, this whole town is decimated. Everyone's dead. And this is just based off the different fantasies I've read in the past. Everyone dies. Everybody always dies. So, and that's <laughs> usually what makes your hero. So I, was, I was waiting. So I was waiting for everyone to be dead and his dad to give him one last dying word. And then he's going to become our, our band of heroes or something. Um, but I was, I was so relieved to see that, you know, everyone is, you know, still alive. And for the most part, um, Tam's hurt because I guess he, he got exposed to the taint, really. Um, one, one more thing I think uh, to point out, and maybe then we can move on, was uh, when Rand was asking, uh, basically asking Lan and Moraine, you know, if they had known about the merger all, um, could they have done more to prevent it? And pretty much Moraine says that even if they had known a, like a month in advance without more of her sisters, without other Aes Sedai, there wouldn't have been much more they could do than what they did. So that tells you how dangerous these creatures are. Like just so, one. Yeah. And she said she needed a dozen of her sisters. And she said they would have been able to like squash this, but it just would have kept on going and going. Yeah. So it just... So my question is now, when she pointed out that only certain houses were hit and then other ones were like a distraction, my question is, are Perrin and Matt, are they actually, like, are, are they adopted too? Well, I mean, I, as, as the person who hasn't read this book yet. We might touch a little bit on that in, in a little bit later, don't you think? Um, I, I think so. I... What I I will have to say to that is uh, some, one of uh, Robert Jordan's favorite things, which is Raffo, which means read on and find out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. A deep sigh. Because I'm like, um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't remember if Parent, we don't know, actually. I don't know if Parent or Matt had siblings. Yeah. Um, and then a part of me was like, so I'm always going to, guys, I will always reference Harry Potter. This is to the readers, this is to you guys and everything. Uh, it was how uh, Voldemort was looking for who his nemesis would be because he had a prophecy. And it was like, this person that's born on this date is going to be the person that's going to be your enemy. And it was more than one child that was born on that date. And eventually it was just between Harry and Neville. And he just, he kind of chose Harry, you know what I mean? But regardless of that fact, um, I, I it feels like they're trying to kind of find, they know that I feel like they know whoever they're going against is going to be a certain age. Um, and right now they know that it's three of them so far, but they don't know which one. And that's what really makes me think <laughs> that Arandis lose Therence. That was a really big wraparound for me to come back to that point. Mm. <laughs> so basically, uh, that's basically what um, um, that's crossing my mind. Like maybe he's like loose there and like reincarnated. Hmm. Yeah. It's like so, I want you guys to give me spoilers by accident. It's just not working. <laughs> well, hey, how about how about this? Why don't we uh, skip down and talk a little bit more, more about the dark one and yes. you know this situation with the three young men as well, and then after that we'll circle back and talk some more about Tam. Okay. So, oh, um, I did have one question though. It's uh, can we talk about um, Tam's rambling? Did I say well, Rand was loose there, or did I say? Um, let, let's come I, back. I mean, let's come back to that. Um, we'll, we'll come back to Tam 
But I, I but say, I said, did I say did I say Rand was loose there, or did I say Tam? I meant Rand, by the way. I think you said you Rand. said Rand. Yeah. Okay, okay. So moving yeah. forward, anyway. So so I want to I want to point out something that uh, you know stuck out to me talking about the dark one, and you know last last week we there was a, a part of our chapters that kind of mentioned the dark one. We didn't really talk about it. Uh, it was the part where Matt was. Uh, apparently picking on another p- person in town about naming the dark one. And, you know, it almost mm-hmm. seems like, it, you know, it seems like the people in the two rivers believe that the dark one is real, but at the same time, he more or less functions as a, a sort of boogeyman. And, and I really picked up on the quote. Um, I think it was something that Rand was thinking. It's on page 145 uh, of my copy. And, Rand Rand is saying to himself, you know, the dark one was always there, but if you tried to walk in the light, tried to live a good life and did not name him, he could not harm you. So it's like, yeah, the dark one's real, but he's not real at the same time. You know, he can't harm you. You guys, you see what, get what I'm trying to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's basically looked at, at like, the dark one and the forsaken and matt talks about this too in the previous chapters the dark one and the forsaken are basically used by the mothers of this village to scare the children into behaving yeah uh it's 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 almost and it the way rand talks about it right here in the in the part that you're bringing up it almost sounds like a a religious like catechism like a saying that you've been like you've been taught since you were a little bitty uh to ward off evil you know the dark one well, he's always there, but if you walk in the light, you know, you're safe, you know, it, it's well, just, uh, it's not like they're thinking of it as a real being as more of a, you know, could you guys explain again? Was, uh, what are the forsaken? Um, I don't so, know how much we know about that quite yet. <laughs> yeah. We, okay. we've only, only really mentioned them in, uh, like they've come up in a couple of little blurbs in the last couple of chapters. So I was going to um, ask if uh, the Trollocs were the Forsaken. Uh, no. It, just, it looks like they're just, um, the fact that I'm, I'm still stuck on the whole, some had hooves, some had boots. It reminded me of kind of like the Flood in Halo, where it's like they were once soldiers and now they got this infection and now they're like this evil kind of entity. Um, I was wondering the same thing about the Trollocs, like, like who were they really? Um, um, but anyway, so I, I think was I can, I can tell you this much uh, as far as the Forsaken without I don't think it will necessarily ruin or spoil anything. Um, Justin, if I start to say something I shouldn't, you just call me out on it. Uh, I'll stop. Uh, uh, So the Forsaken are basically uh, people. So there there are a couple of of things going on. So there are the Forsaken and then there are dark friends. So a a dark friend is basically a a person who's decided that they want to serve the dark one. Uh. And the Forsaken are basically people who can use the power who have chosen to serve the Dark One. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and, and by this point, and, their names have, yeah. especially in the Two Rivers, their names are pretty much legend. And as you were saying yeah. before, Stephen, their parents pretty much use these individuals, these characters as, um, yeah. you know, teaching their kids to behave. So if you don't so the, if you don't behave, the the forsaken are going to get you. Yeah. So it's basically uh, they're not just people that can use the power, Michelle. 
it, the Forsaken are specifically people that were in the a in the last war in the war with Luz Theron. The Forsaken are people from his time that could use the power that turned to the dark side against Luz Theron and the hundred companions that okay. uh, that Tam talked about. The Forsaken were the people that could use the power back then who chose to turn to the dark side. Okay. Uh, and so because of that, those names have been remembered and they're, they're basically turned into like these boogeymen thousands of years later yeah. that are used in conjunction with the dark one to scare children and other people into doing what's right. Okay. There's more to it, but that's all I can tell you right now. <laughs> you know, Steven, I was struck by something when you uh, talked about this statement from Rand that I quoted almost being like a, almost like a religious mantra or something like that. Didn't, wasn't there something in the previous chapter? Uh, I think Matt may have mentioned the dark one or the forsaken and, I believe it's even yes. mentioned that Rand almost by rote started saying this, you know, the dark one yeah. is found in, in Sheogul and all, all yes. of these things about it. So it really yes. hits even harder on that point that you're trying, that you're making about that. The dark one and all the forsaken were bound at the moment of creation and Shaogul bound by the creator. Yeah. And it's like you said it automatically. He says it like it's, it's rehearsed. Like he's, you know, yep. uh, you know, like he's, said it over and over again until it's, it's like his, it it's his pledge week. of allegiance basically yeah, there you go <laughs> <laughs> where you just you just say it and you don't it just comes out of your mouth yeah yep uh, so michelle what do you think about the the quote-unquote dark one like what do you think think about that oh, right now man i man i don't think whoever's claiming to be the dark one is really the dark one but I'm like, but this is confirmation. The dark one is out there now. Like he's, I don't know what he wants to do, but um, these are kind of his minions, aren't they? So he's definitely there. I just don't think he's someone who's out shouting about it or anything. Um, so, and, and what's also interesting to me is the fact that that rider is not the dark one either. Like he's just, he's another pawn. And that's kind of terrifying. And the fact that they're so strong and they're still not the dark one like these are just little things that he sent out to kind of do his bidding in my opinion anyway yeah so it, it's very much like the dark one versus uh you know a trollic or a merdral even it's very not comparable much, yeah not comparable it's like comparing a toddler to a sherman tank uh, <laughs> uh it's like a, if i did it on the villain scale i mean he he tops voldemort at this point so. yeah <laughs> i have a I, I wanted to go to what tam was saying um his feverish like um i had some questions like uh I, you know i had questions about who Rand's mother really is yeah uh, seeing as he that's that's the one thing that kind of popped out to me it's like who is this woman and why did she have this baby um I, and yeah that's that's something that kind of popped out to me um, just the fact that he was just, he wasn't even supposed to be alive. He was blue and, and he's still alive, and, but his mom had passed. Uh, I was wondering who that was. And then the second question is, who's, uh, is it Laman or Layman? L-A-M-A-N? Because <laughs> uh, Tam was saying that everything happened because this dude, he took, uh, he, he basically took a branch from a forbidden tree and planted it somewhere. And yeah, it looks pretty and it's great, but this is what caused all of this trouble. 
Um, that's what I took from that story that he told uh, Ran in this feverish dream. And I'm getting a pause here, so I feel like you guys aren't trying to tell me spoilers. I'm <laughs> like, uh, guys, come on. <laughs> so there's really only so much that we can get into that right now because it's not explained here. Um, yeah. You know, these are ramblings of a man who is sick on the verge of death. I know. Um, uh, so like, how much more. validity is really in them? Yeah. A lot. It's tons of validity because well, he's such a stoic man. That, that that's actually a good point. I mean, from what I mean, I know we we really just met Tam just a few chapters ago, but I that like really does seem like it would be something. You know, he's not the kind of person to go on with outrageous stories, which which makes you wonder. Um, you know, where is all of this coming from? And he's so. I feel like he has so many things he's thinking about and now it's like he's gotten his inhibitions are gone right now so all he can do is just kind of think about the strongest memories that he has going on right now and uh, apparently it's it kind of circles around his wife as well yes uh kari althor oh you know who else i want to blame right now that glee man is so suspicious i'm <laughs> i you know what i that he he is no good i know he did something I don't know what it is, but I wouldn't even be shocked if he happened to be one of the Ravens. That's all I can say about that. He's he's a spy of some sort. And what I makes, know he's the one who did the who put the the eye of the, the dragon or whatever on that door. Okay, so you think that was him? I, I just I, I, no matter what, I, I just don't think I, I don't know. He just he's suspicious to me. Okay. All right. Um so did you have any other questions about Tam's ramblings? Um, no. Okay. There's, well, just, there's only, you know, I, I think, you know, and it does exactly what it's supposed to do at this point in the story is it, it raises more questions. Yep. And, and we're kind of viewing this through Rand's point of view, because he is, you know, wondering about these questions too. Or and, he, he's got these questions. Yeah, well, and he's he not keeps, the only one. He keeps telling himself, you know, no, Tam is my father. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna, in shock right now. It's a yeah, lot. He's not going to take, take. He's not going to take anything else for an answer. Yeah, and and Tam also is going to raise questions for other people too, specifically Lan. Yeah. Uh, when he sees that yes, sword that yes. Rand is carrying, new uh, favorite character. <laughs> I really oh, like uh, Lan. <laughs> I am. Oh, oh, I am uh, uh, what is a warder, by the way? Okay, so uh, a warder is basically, f well, for what you would know from what's in the book so far, a warder is basically the supposed servant of the Aes Sedai. Okay. Uh, so there's a little more to it, but there hasn't been more explained yet for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you, you mentioned the sword, and I am so fascinated by the sword. Me too. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not really a, you know, I know some people who are like into all that kind of thing. That's not really me, but this sword is so remarkable to me. What really stood out to me was Rand, first of all, you, you almost want to strangle him for doing this, but he really didn't have a choice that he uses the sword to hack apart their cart. And I did not mean to rhyme there, but he uses this sword almost as an axe uh, to chop this this cart into pieces so he can make a litter to carry Tam into town. And it's not even blunted or dulled at all. He actually 
slides his finger across the blade. I can't believe and, he did that. And, and I, I was <laughs> sticks and, and immediately sticks the thumb in his mouth because it's it's cut. And, and you know what blew me away is you know, he actually mentions that the cart was made of ash wood. Um, that's you know one of the most common woods that they make baseball bats out of. Oh, that is not a yeah. It's <laughs> that a is hard a wood. Hard wood. So for this sword to cut through this like it did and not even be remotely blunted, there is something strange going on here. Yeah, and I think I'm trying to look back on the, but I think it actually references when he's cutting it that the sword almost cuts through the wood almost like a knife through butter. Yeah, he said it was. uh, Yeah. That's why I was like, why did you put your thumb on the sword? Like, it could have literally come off. Like, what's wrong with you? So something... no, keep going, Stephen. Just something special about the sword, apparently. And then on top of that, um, I, I, it, it's just it's always going to raise questions about Tam because Lan just kept on going on and on about um, the symbol that's on that sword. Yeah. I think it's like a symbol of like a master uh, swordsman. Yeah, the the heron mark. Yeah, the heron mark. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it really is... makes you. It... Oh, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. No, it's specifically the sign of a blade master. Yeah. And, oh, that's it, so cool. It, it really makes one wonder what is Tam doing with this sword? This, Me this too. simple, this simple farmer from the Westwood in the two rivers, uh, a place where, you know, no one ever really leaves. Um, you know, not only did he have, uh, what, you know, an outlander for a wife, but now he has this sword that, you know, in some parts of the world is seen as the weapon of the best swordsman. It's and it's really and, something else. And I really don't want to leave Tam behind here. Like I want to find out more about him. It's not even about like the answers to the questions or anything. I just want to know more about Tam in general. Um, so I, I really hope that this isn't the last time that we're gonna the last time we're gonna have extended time with Tam. Um and you know what else this this caused? It made the mayor look like kind of like a bumbling fool to me. He didn't he's not as impressive as he was in, in the prologue to me. He, seem, he just seems confused. Um, I don't know. He just, he's not as impressive as I thought, basically. Mm. He seems like a simple man, which is, it's fine. We're in, we're in the two rivers, but still. He's, he's, you know, he's just an average person. And that's the thing. I wasn't thing expecting that. that the, the thing is, this whole village is average people. These are just farmers and shepherds. But, you know, the Trollocs attack and, you know, obviously some people are lost um, obviously the village probably would have been run overrun if it wasn't for Moraine and Lan, but these people fought back, you know, they yeah. didn't just cower and hide. They fought alongside this Aes Sedai and Warder to try and save their town. And then as soon as it's the fighting is over, what do they do? They, they pick up, up and they start cleaning <laughs> up. They start burning the bodies. Like yeah. there's no like weeping and na- gnashing of teeth. There's no mourning and crying. They are all business. Yeah. You really get that. Hey, this is how okay. I feel when I watch these Avengers meetings, m- uh, movies yeah. and everything. I'm like, who was going to clean this up? And I was, I did appreciate, <laughs> I did appreciate that They just got to it because yeah. this, this mess can't just stay here. And you, you really get that a lot from uh, master Luhan, the, uh, the blacksmith when Rand is talking mm-hmm. to him because you know, he, I think he even says something to the effect of, you know, if the light doesn't shine on us or if the light doesn't will, we'll just keep on going anyway. <laughs> Talk about a stubborn and, and hardy people. And then he went to it. So um, 
bringing her up real quick, mm-hmm. Moraine, Michelle, how do you feel about her now, knowing a little more about her and her role in this these last couple of chapters? Oh, I'm still a huge Moraine fan. <laughs> and I already, um, during the previous chapters, after we talked about Aes Sedai, I'd already kind of assumed that she was Aes Sedai, but it is cool uh, to kind of see it in, in action. And it did remind me of... Um, of uh, Brandon Sanderson's work. Um, why is my mind, uh, is it, is it Oathbring? No, no, what's it called? You know what I'm talking about, Words of Radiance? Yeah. What's the name of that series? Oh, that's the Stormlight Archive. Stormlight Archives, yes. So it kind of gave me that Stormlight Archives, um, Malazan kind of vibe. Um, so um, I'm still a huge Moraine fan. Um, the question that came back to me though, and, and now it's more than ever, Two Rivers isn't a town that you kind of pass through. It's like you come there with a purpose. And my question is, why is she even there? Um, but I did like the confirmation that the Ravens were spies. So <laughs> that was pretty interesting, too. Um, yeah, and that also bring because we have that confirmation, it brings the prologue of Ravens into a whole mm-hmm. new perspective. Because that means that the Dark One's been spying on these boys mm. since they were children yeah this is not like a a thing that just happened last week like this is a plan that's been set in motion since at least they were the age Egwene was nine yeah so this has been years coming and probably more before that i mean they've just been they've just been being watched yeah oh man it's a lot to think about (laughs) <laughs> and now you, know, you have Moraine saying like, you know what, Ram, this is, you know, I don't want to say it's your fault, but it is. And we've got to go. Yeah, you <laughs> That's know, that basically was the, what you said. I think that was the thing I really picked up out of these chapters is really it creates more questions than it answers. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's yep. just so much more that you want to know after reading uh, this section. But thankfully, we still have, you know, what about majority of the book to go yeah we have a we have a whole thick section you know old oh, yeah. me if it wasn't for this podcast and the fact that you know I'm, I'm reading it along with the listeners um old me would probably have probably uh read this book by the weekend like it would have been done because <laughs> <laughs> usually uh, when the book picks up like that you just got to keep going so yeah i probably would have just knocked this out <laughs> yeah. so uh readers who are also following along with us um i'm right there with you i'm ready to i'm ready to to find out what actually happened here. And we have so many books to go, um, which is really exciting. There's so much story left. So yes. uh, one thing real quick with Moraine, Michelle, um, and Justin, you too, some of this. Sure. Uh, so she mentions that the, the Aes Sedai are diminished from what they once were. Um, for her to even do the healing that happens to Tam, she has to use an Angriol. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is going on there? Do y'all have any thoughts on that? Or uh, I want to hear just... more about this Angriel because um, she's saying that she had to use it. Is this like a little, um, you know, like in uh, Stormlight Archives, have they ha- how they have to have the spheres filled with light to kind of pull from it? Um, is this Angriel kind of like that? It has a little bit of the power in there in case she can't pull herself. It's like, is it kind of amplifying her power? Because they kept on mentioning the Angriel, and that's why she's, you know, still able to kind of stand. So, um, basically, uh, 
it's an item that was made during the Age of Legends. The mm-hmm. Aes Sedai currently don't know how they were made. Uh, they just have, some, they're basically these artifacts that were left over from the Age of Legends that the Aes Sedai of this age have found, and some of them they figured out how to use. Um, but basically, what an Angrial does is okay, so a person who can channel, a person that can draw on the power, uh, depending on your ability, you can channel a certain amount. Okay? Yeah. And, and Angrial is like, so say you have your ability to channel allows you to channel one liter of the power. Like, we'll just measure it. So like a liter size container, that's how much you can draw in and use at any time. And Angrial would be like, okay, you can naturally channel a liter of the power, but with an Angrial, you might be able to channel a liter plus a couple quarts. So it, it allows you to take in and use more of the power than you could normally do so without it. And this tells you a lot too. It tells you yeah. the amount of power these Trollocs had. And these are just Trollocs. Yep. Well, I think part of it too is, and it's hinted at that Moraine has been, you know, you know, from with the battle and then everything else that's been going on since then, she's almost at the end of her strength already. When, uh, yeah. When Tam gets brought to her and yeah. And she also, sorry, go ahead. Even, even with the Angriol, it's pretty much all she can bear just to get Tam to a point where uh, he'll be spared. And all he needs now is to rest. Yeah. And it really, she's... it really just, you know, serves to show us it, it, it lets us know that the Aes Sedai of this world, this period in time are they're, they're not even close to what, you know, those of the past had been. Okay. Um, y'all have any other thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, no, no thoughts on that. Um, no. Okay. Nothing that um, can't be answered by without reading the rest of the book anyway. <laughs> All right. So I think we will move on to a final little section real quick. Um, and we'd like to remember at this time, all those that were lost in this uh, engagement to the, the humble villagers, to our, our uh, dearly departed Padden Fane, uh, the dear peddler. We, we had just known you and yet here you are lost. And uh, we don't really want to think about. We don't really want to think about what happened to you. Hold yes. on. So he actually did pass away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, okay, that's not a laughing matter. That is uh, that is pretty serious. But I, I wouldn't let myself believe it. Well, for we're, we're saying goodbye. Um, uh, well, um, he he is. Uh, well, again, we don't want to think about what happened. Yeah. Oh no, don't. We do not. Because I was like, there's no way. <laughs> Oh no, he came in, he came, he saw it, and he he's he he's not he's the uh, that's it. He came and he saw. Yep. He didn't conquer anything, conquered anything, not even death. So <laughs> let's have a moment so, of silence. Uh, five yes. seconds. That felt long enough. Uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh he got spoiled. He got whoo, they handled him. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. I guess that's it, right, guys? That's it. <laughs> that's it. And it, it's for me, it's not enough, but hey, that's it for now. 
Well, what are uh, going forward? What do you predict is about to happen? Oh, or just in general, what do you predict going forward? Let's just, I guess let's, uh, let's talk about, um, let's talk about, uh, I guess in the immediate going forward. Um, I want to find out more. I, I really feel like uh, Rand is Luce Theron reincarnated, and I want to I want to find out more about his history. Um, and then I also, for me, I, uh, another thing that I feel like we're about to find out is that Perrin and Matt were also adopted, and that they don't have any other siblings. Um, so we do. That's like the main thought for me. We do have reference to both of them having siblings. Especially oh, they do. Thanks, thanks to uh, Ravens. But we don't necessarily know for sure if that means they're blood related. We know they have siblings that they believe they are, but we don't know if like Rand, maybe they were adopted just the same. We don't know that, but we do know that their families at least have other children. I feel like Rand is supposed to be the dark ones, like ultimate nemesis. And he's just trying to, he's trying to get to him. Something is supposed to happen to Rand at this particular age. Uh, maybe even a few months down the line, something is supposed to happen to him. And basically he has to choose between the light and the dark. And I feel like the dark one wants to go ahead and recruit him now or take him now. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And that sounds very vague as far as speculations go. But after this last series of chapters, I had to, I had to bring it back down. Like, I can't talk about the end of the wheel of time. Um, I've got to talk about like, you know, within the next few chapters, but I feel like there's a reason Rand is, 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 uh, they're trying to they're trying to recruit him. I believe in Nard. You believe in you believe <laughs> yeah. Nard. Okay. Oh, I, I don't stand with Nard, but I do believe him. <laughs> All right. Justin, do you have any uh I know it's difficult for you to make any predictions really, but uh any thoughts on uh, us going forward? I, I'm I'm just excited to to keep reading and see how the story unfolds. The funny thing is, is, you know, some of this I'm seeing, uh, some of it I'm seeing in a new perspective, some of it I'm seeing for the first time. So um, I'm anxious for more moments like that. Maybe, you know, even though I've read, uh, you know, these, some of the, some of these stories before to have a new perspective on them, or maybe even to understand them in greater detail. So uh, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. With that in mind, let me ask this question. And if you can't answer, that's fine too. Okay. Um, so having this be a reread for you, um, is there anything without necessarily bringing in future knowledge of the books, is there anything reading through these chapters this time that kind of struck you that you didn't pick up on the first time? Um, um, a couple of quotes that I, I can't, I don't want to really reference. Um, okay specifically but there were a couple of a couple of moments where knowing what was coming so it stood out to me and it it, at times it even made me chuckle um to think uh you know what what was going to happen uh in the future so uh, but other than that i don't really um you know i don't really think anything else really stood out per se okay all right all right well if y'all don't have any other uh topics of discussion for us then i think we will wrap it up um, I think it's time to call it a night. This was good. And I have to say, this is definitely the turning point for the book. Every book has its like, you know what I mean? Like every first book has its point where it finally becomes like the main story. And I feel like these last four chapters were it. Right. So yeah, this was, this has been good. Awesome. Uh, well, all right. All right. Well, 
I'd like to thank you guys for joining us. Um, thank you for uh, coming here to discuss these favorite books of mine. And uh, I look forward to next week and getting to do this all over again. Uh, Same here. Can't wait. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. See you guys. Bye. Hello, Stephen here, and we wanted to thank you again for joining us for this episode of The Wind Was a Beginning. If you like what you hear, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you heard this podcast. It helps us get the word out to more potential listeners. Uh, you can also email us at thewindwasabeginning at gmail.com or interact with us on social media on Twitter at windbeginning or on Instagram at thewindwasabeginning. We're also on YouTube and Facebook at The Wind Was a Beginning, a Wheel of Time podcast. We hope you'll come and join us next time as we discuss chapters 9 through 13 of The Eye of the World. See you then.